Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. How's it going? Welcome to Someone Who Isn't Me, episode number 25. Uh, my guest on Swim this time is musician, songwriter and artist Mike Shinoda. And aside from being the driving force behind Linkin Park and Fort Minor, he recently put out his awesome debut solo album, Post Traumatic, which is incredible. You should definitely check it out. It's out now on Warners. It's a great work and it, it's firmly rooted in hip-hop and there's a real pop sensibility running through it as well and there's some amazing guests like chino marino and black bear and grandson and kayflay etc but the theme that runs through the record or i think to be more honest the theme that appears to run through the record for any listener that is going to be viewing it through the lens of the passing of chester bennington who's bandmate and friend um yeah it that's it feels like it hangs quite heavy on on the on the album uh, and it sounds like there's things in there where he's struggling and coming to terms with the passing of his friend um, maybe that is as i said just the way that anyone is going to view it and we kind of discussed that in within the podcast there was a little bit less time than than we normally spend to do these sort of things um, because he had quite a full promo schedule um, so it's a little shorter than they normally are but I did catch up with him a bit later on in the day as well. Um, and we recorded a bit more. So there is a definite change in the audio quality. Uh, you will hear that. I have tried to fit it in within context of the conversation that we were having so that it keeps its flow. But if the change in audio quality is a little off-putting and it feels like it's, it, it jumps, then, then I apologize. Just be a little bit kind with it. Also, with that in mind, obviously I've met Mike and Chester a bunch of times and I found talking about some of this quite tough with him it's something that he has obviously come to terms with and he can talk quite freely about it but I didn't want to appear to be insensitive so again be uh be caring when you listen and don't judge me too hard anyways all this aside I hope you enjoy I think it's a great conversation Mike's a, a, an amazing artist both visual and as a musician and songwriter so Check it out, Mike Shinoda. I do. You're very color coordinated today. You're you're even color coordinated with your microphone. Huh? See, and I, yeah. I'm glad that you noticed. Do you always do that? No. Is that a thing? Oh now? wow, no. You've gotten very fancy. You, you know. In my old age, you yeah. can say it. It's, it's fine. It's just like you know, he's showing up color coordinated with his microphones and his shirt. And this, right. And this little, this little, little number, little neckerchief. Right. 
Um, I have notes, but I probably won't refer to them. Uh, and then afterwards go, oh, I'm meant to ask you about this. You, I mean, if you want I mean, if it, if this feels note, a little... You can check your notes if you like. It's not if, gonna... it is, if this feels a little boring and standard, I apologize, but you also <clears> know <throat> the score as you've got a new record out and it will be... I was just saying to somebody, it's my job. Yeah. I got to tell the story. Yeah. We should start with it being um, your first record as a solo artist. Mm. And um, we'll get into the whole impetus for that okay. in, in a moment. But I was curious first and foremost, because this is mainly about creativity. Yeah. Or that's something that often gets focused on. It's mainly the more sort of creativity and the slightly more, uh, I don't want to say mystical, but um, say spiritual elements within making art. Yeah. That's, how it, that's what this, I like to talk about in this. Great. So I wanted to know about the creative process with this as your mindset is stepping out as a, um, as a solo artist. Because for me, it's like, as I said, situation and impetus for that aside. When, when somebody steps out of a band environment and, and makes a solo record, that they're, they're, people always say like tentative steps as a solo artist, but mm. that, but this, these aren't. These are like fully right. bold strides. And, and I feel that it's... Um, I wondered about the, the mindset for the creative process for that. Well, I was thinking about that. Like, I think when I was doing it, I had less awareness of what I was doing. Hmm. So, you know, having been having some space between making the record and now, I was thinking uh, recently that, you know, it isn't it a thing that so many artists make really great stuff early on? You think about that? Like, yeah. Like, think about like, um, the first system of a down record or the first rage record or the mm. first like I think I feel like public enemy did like on their second record it was like wow holy shit mm. um, <clears throat> and yeah part of that to me is you at a certain point you begin to know too much about how to make a record and yeah. there's the pressures of like you know keeping up with what your legacy is and all that stuff which I feel like I've never, I haven't really been super um, competitive with myself in, a ter in terms of like, it's not a commercial thing. Like oh, let's, oh, this conversation, everything, let's just say, unless I say otherwise, we're talking about the creative yeah. effort, not like the, the commerce. Because hmm. that's not, I don't focus on that a ton anyway when I'm, when I'm making a record. Like I, that's, you know, the, the commerce of it comes later. Yeah. Um, when I'm making the record, the record is about the the point, the the art of it, the story, or 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 um, like conceptual through through line, and that's that's been the way since the beginning. Do you feel like there are points though <clears throat> where where um, where career? I don't want to say commerce because that I, I, that would make it sound uh, not dirty, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, like where, no, it's where always your, about where your career comes into things and, and, and it and it does it does tip the balance occasionally. Well it just makes twice. you aware of things. Like yeah. you you would never like as a as a as an eighteen year old who's never set foot in a in a in a any kind of like music industry office, right? <laughs> yeah. You would never be thinking to yourself like sitting in your parents' house on your laptop, oh I, I really should change the snare sound because it's <laughs> it's a little passe. Yeah. You wouldn't do that. Like you're just you're like 
just making stuff and like figuring your way out you're figuring your way through it instinctively and mm. it's just based on what are you listening to the other thing is like you've only listened to music for so many years at that point you know as you get to be 30 and beyond you've like listened to a lot of fucking music and your and your your taste widen hopefully very yeah hopefully um mine my taste is like all over the place um so yeah, for me, I in in making post traumatic, I was like, I was all I was hyper focused on the lyrical content. That was number one. Yeah. Um, and then the chords and melodies were second to that. Those that was the close second. And the tracks were very like the the things the skins that would give it an indication of like genre. That was all almost like peripheral. I wasn't thinking like, and a lot of people ask me about like the stylistic choices on the record in terms of sounds and and samples and keyboards and drum machines and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, as I was making it, that was not a primary focus. It was just intuitive. And I felt, and, and I didn't, I probably didn't use as many things as I normally would. Mm. I, I made some, a couple of songs, they started as demos in my phone. Yeah. And like literally play you the if you want I play it for you um, and, and you can tell the songs there and I just I made a thing in my phone I went that's cool and I looped it and I started like singing or rapping over that hmm. and then I focused just on the what I had to say yeah well I mean you've got a lot to say and I think that um, it seems like hip hop is, is your first love as well as far as music goes yeah. and it's such a lyrical art form that, that that's gonna take precedence and I think as well that with the subject matter of the album see this is the thing for me like when when i first listened to it as as um it's interesting when when you you tweeted something recently and you you about a concert and somebody had reviewed it or said that it was there was a um that it was a tribute or that that you didn't want everything (laughs) to be sad and and i and i replied to you that i think everything is going to be viewed through a lens for a certain time right yeah um, well, I mean, yeah, and it's and 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 it's um, subjective. Yeah. Right. So for him, it was that way. Yeah. And for other people, it's not. Yeah. It's and they're all watching the same show. Yeah, of course. But it's it's like when I came out to to the show at the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. and I came back and spoke to you all afterwards, and and you were all. What was that like? I don't even remember. I remember speaking. To, I remember speaking to you, but I know that we were all. It was an out of body experience at that yeah, point. Yeah, it like was we for were, me as well. We didn't even know where we were. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. It did feel like I was kind of watching it happen, and, I, and now you say that it's funny because it it must have been for you, and it was like these disembodied people all yeah. came together and had a conversation uh-huh. that was very <laughs> so weird, surreal. Yeah, it no. was. It was. A, it was a surreal experience for me, and um, it was a beautiful one. But yeah. um, yeah, it, it was it was a t- it was a tough one as well. Yeah. But it felt really celebratory. But yeah, I, anyway, I, I think people are going to view things through that lens, and I, and I think that that what I perceive to be a narrative of the record um, touches on those things. But then there's points like uh, like about you is is the, is the is the perfect kind of counter to that. I think. Yeah, that's where it starts to become. That's where I started to like become aware of it. Yeah, and it was almost 
the song I could have written would have been one that was more uh, sarcastic. Hmm. I didn't. Yeah. That's not what I felt like. Like this track was, everything just kind of came together in this song that was a little bit more, a little darker. But um, there was, a, you know, in that moment I was realizing um, that people... Let's, I mean, we can talk about it in terms of life, not just music. Like, yeah. people would see me at a, like a, like my kid's school event or like just see me at a restaurant or something and start to put their own narrative on me. Yeah. Like I could be, I don't know, I could be having any kind of day imaginable, mm. but to them, everything was through the lens of like super sad and all this shit. And sometimes it was like, yeah, like, yeah. But chances were I wasn't going to be out and about in a restaurant if that was the case. I mean, unless it just unless I was sitting in the restaurant having a perfectly good time, and then one of our songs came on, I'm like, "Fuck!" Yeah, you know that would happen. Hmm. Um, Did that happen a lot, or just once or twice? In the beginning, a lot. Oh my god, because everybody was playing the songs. Like everybody, there was all tribute. Everything was like you go into the shopping mall and they're playing our songs in a bunch of the stores. It's like you know, so I didn't go. I just didn't go. On the new record, you know, there's there's a few different moments where I go, oh, I'm so glad that those words came to me. Like, I don't know where they came from. Like, mm. when you write some for me, when I write a certain, when I write certain lines, um, and it's usually the it it usually when I when I feel that about a line I've written, it's it's the same line that other people ask me about. Like, it's not just me that goes, oh, I, that was a good one. Like, that was something. Yeah. There's something special about that line. Um. So that's a thing, you know, it's, it's, you just feel, because what it is, is when you write a line like, like that, where like, so for example, every, a lot of people are asking me about, uh, they point out in, in my new stuff, there's a part where I talk about being at a, at a, at a six-year-old birthday and people are asking me like, are you okay? And whatever. Yeah. And hold it and, together. And, yeah. yeah. Hold it mm. together. And my, 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 what I want to say is like, you're totally fucking up my vibe. Mm. Because like we're at a party, a kid's birthday party. Like, why bring this up now? Hmm. Um, and just that—that that is just a very real for anybody who's gone through. You know, I—I I, I have a friend who had who was engaged to be married and had like engagement party and everything, and like everything was set to have a wedding, and then it got it fell apart, and all of a sudden he had to like literally uninvite a a list of guests. And tell them all that they're not getting married, mm. and and they, and it wasn't because anything. It was nobody like cheated on each other or whatever. It was just like no, we're just not getting married anymore, and everyone started to know. And you just he had to keep answering the questions yeah. over. It's like as if it wasn't hard enough. Yeah, you know he had to just keep answering it. Um, it's stuff like that where you just go. That's a very like when that happens to you for whatever. Are you reason, able to see that? that um, yeah. And I, I, I by the way, I'm very, and, and I'm don't, I don't say that I've, I have, I would never like condemn any of my friends or acquaintances for having, for being nervous hmm. and having just bad timing with something like that. Like yeah. it's, I've, I had a friend who is actually a comedian um, and she said we were talking about something, complaining about something. Uh, I don't remember even what it was. And she goes, she's like, oh, you know, I'd said I was dealing with this thing, like, and it was just such a pain in the butt. And she's like, oh, man, I don't even know how you deal with that. I just kill myself. And she looked at me and her face went white and I started laughing hysterically. And she's like, 
oh my God, I'm a fucking horrible person. I am the worst person. I'm like, her response was, I'm so glad you are the first person to have made that mistake with me, like in this period of time. Like she was the first person to say those words the way everybody always says them. them. I was like, you're the first person to make that mistake. And it, you could, it couldn't have been a better person. Cause she's, she's hilarious. This person's like, it's yeah. her job. Like she's like a really funny person and we're good friends. So you just get through it. You know, you just, it's, it's messy business. It's always messy. Yeah. Whatever. But then making art is the perfect way of working <clears throat> through those things. Right. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I wanted to know as well, firstly, that, um, that I know that you, you kind of threw yourself into painting as well as, as writing songs. Yeah. Um, what was what came first at, out of in that process did you start painting because I, I i really struggle with doing both simultaneously yeah like i well, have so much focus i think that's the oh problem. i like the variety i mean yeah. i so i i think i painted first yeah because painting is a little more separate from the band yeah to me like in my mind so mm. Um, I was probably painting and drawing right away after Chester passed. And then, you know, did it, did it become a body of work that you were making? I mean, it's 10, I did 10 pieces. Like Hmm. the the biggest one is probably, I don't remember. I want to say like four or five feet by like three or four feet. Could be three by four. Could be five by four. I can't even comprehend working on that scale. It's it, honestly the ones that I did in the earliest days were just a- abstractions. They were they were um, texture and color. Yeah. The album cover is one. Yeah. And so if you take my signature off the album cover, that just the splotches of paint is is it. And they probably you know it's probably like um, five or six layers thick. Like it's pretty thick yeah. on the on the actual canvas. Um, I want to actually show them in person. Like I want fans and I want people to be able to see them because there's a texture and a, and a, you can see the hand, you know? Yeah. On these, on these pieces. Um, I think the palette's amazing as well, particularly on that, on the front cover one. Oh, cool. That's actually affected by the, um, the darkness of the room that I shot the picture in. The, the, the painting itself is brighter than that and less yellow. Huh. And the room that that I was painting in was a little bit like dark, just a little darker. Hmm. And I shot that picture of it while I was working on it to like just see how it reproduced. And it was a nice, it yellowed nicely. Hmm. And then we did a separate. I when I you know I didn't paint on it much after that. I may have touched it a couple times, but not really. Didn't change it. And um, then I got, I took it outside and got like a nice bright picture of it so the picture in the art book of the album which is like the limited edition version of the album it has pictures of uh that that book has pictures of all the pieces that i did all 10 or whatever and they're all you know nice and bright professional pictures of the pieces and that picture is you can tell that the whites are whiter Hmm. um what points do you walk away from things well on these i mean it, I've been dealing with like when is something finished yeah I've been dealing with that forever like my whole life you yeah. know but that's um, that's the creative process is got it? it yeah and and I think I made you know everybody who works on who makes something creative like you, you 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You always. You've, you've dealt with, for as long as you've been doing it, you've been dealing with the question of when is it done. Yeah. And I've had some really great paintings um, that I fucked up. Oh, yeah, me I, too. I kept going and yeah. I just added a couple things. And I went, oh, that's not quite right. And then I tried to do things to fix the things that I added and made it even worse. Hmm. Um, do you think songwriting uh, is a is a help in that sense? Because with songwriting, obviously you compare stuff back, but you also get to a point when you have a maturity with songwriting you know you instinctively know that this this does everything it needs to do right in this minimal quality and can you then apply that into other art forms well songwriting's easier than on the specific subject you know songwriting's easier than yeah. painting because you can undo and you can yeah. create options like a digital painting is nice because you've got the same ability right yeah. but if, but that's the that's the the one of the difficulties in in physically putting paint on a canvas or whatever mm. that you know once you screw it up it's there like you gotta you're gonna have live to live with it yeah or just it's gonna take a lot of work and magic to get back a step um and maybe you make it even better i don't know whatever and sometimes actually i i i believe i believe for me, more often than the scenario we were just talking about, more often I make a little mistake, sometimes a big mistake, and look at it and go like, oh, that's nice. Like, what's that? Yeah. Um, people often ask me, like, do I have a favorite Linkin Park album that we've done? And you, you, truth is that usually my brain goes to A Thousand Suns, mm. and that's because that album was just packed with happy accidents. Like, yeah. and they weren't, it wasn't like, oh, I didn't know what I'm doing. And all of a sudden I made a cool thing. It was, I need to make this song more interesting. Let's just start randomly plugging things in and creating weird sounds. And, you know, once a keyboard has gone through five guitar pedals and a cabinet out in a room with a microphone that's not meant for it, mm. that is across the room, you turn that microphone on, you go, wow, I don't touch anything just hit record you know yeah that's that's where your ears tell you it's right and you've created the thing um but you just the path to getting there was filled with a bunch of chance yeah i think there's <clears throat> i don't know if if this is me interpreting it that way but i feel like this this record has lots of that like a place to start where, where it's the where it starts with the, the like swathes of silence, like mm. just that hiss, mm -hmm. and then where they're cut into these clean sections, mm -hmm. 
Those yeah. were the room mics yeah. in the in the studio during One More Light. Oh wow! The room mics on and just turned way up. So mm. that's that that hiss is just the the lack of sound, you know. And then on that like a side chain compressor. So every time the eight oh actually the eight oh eight, if I just fed the eight oh eight into the compressor, then it wouldn't have compressed right. Yeah. So I fed a MIDI note into the compressor, yeah. which decayed. Which I could control the decay. Yeah. And that was on the hiss. So each time the 808 hits, the hiss kind of sucks in and then yeah. comes back. Yeah, there's loads of elements like that and textures that uh, I think are fantastic. Because aside, aside from the lyrical content of this record, it's just impeccable. Like sonically. Oh, thank you. You've smashed it. Like, <laughs> Thanks. Man. There's little things for me, like as, a, as kind of a, like a musical nerd. Like the second verse in a place to start, that vocal is just, yeah. Things like that, I think. Really, I mean, obviously that we know this. They accentuate every everything that is being told within a song. But yeah, it's it's a brilliant work, man. Thanks. Well, it's it's you know, on things like that, I'm not one. Like I I've got chains of like for example on vocals, like there are chains of plugins that I like that mm. I I know I kind of use and I go and I you know mix and match them but there's you know it's not an infinite I'm not just like grabbing any plugin I see yeah. and going what does that sound like I I know yeah. I know what a lot of these plugins sound like so I I tend to use this a sim, a smaller batch in different combinations and having ca but you know, on this record one thing that I did is when I knew that I had the I had the vocal that I wanted like the words were the right words the performance was the right performance. Um, I did go back in later and really think about the aesthetic of how the words and the track played together. Mm. And there's a lot of little moments of um, where experimentation in terms of the like effects on the vocals and the effects on sounds and stuff. It's a very like headphone record, you know? Yeah, like for it's, real. it's wide and it's there's a lot of like action in the th three-dimensional. There's space. a lot to take in. Like sonically and, what, and yeah, lyrically and emotionally. No, <laughs> I don't think so. It, it's a tough listen at times. Yeah. No, our the Manny who mixed the first, uh, he mixed most of the record. When he was mixing the first three songs, he was playing. He was he was playing them back for me, and um, our process is that like I'll I'll send him. I I I mix as I go, so mm. I send him something that sounds already pretty good. And he gets it, and then he spends some time with it, sweetening it, and then like a being between my mix and his mix to make sure if there was anything about mine that he liked, he keeps it, and if not, then he's hopefully improved on it. And then I'll come. He does that for like a day, and then I'll come in with him for for a day and listen to him, listen to his version. And if it's you know better, then we just work from that, and I'll I'll change things to taste. And if it's not better, then um, sometimes we'll send him back to the drawing board and have him at, tell him specifically to do certain things, and then we'll work on it. And um, on this record, like there was a there were moments on the first three tracks when we were doing the process, we were doing like working on it, and I I hear his mix and I'd go, yeah, his mix is great, but like I like what are you doing to the vocal? Because I I feel like I'm missing a lot of words now mm. that and the words are important. I need I want to hear yeah. them more. And he was like. You know, starting to fix that, and he's like, you know what was happening? The words make me uncomfortable. 
He's wow. like, I wasn't even, he's like, consciously, I wasn't thinking that, but subconsciously, like when I turn them up, I have to face what you're saying. Yeah. And so I was in, like, my instinct was to turn them down and to like put effects on them. Wow. I was like, okay, like That's now, now we know, and let's not do that. Like, I know it's kind of rough yeah. to hear these words, but their words, the words are what it's all about. So we can't miss any words. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd even, we'd even go through sometimes and like on cer- certain words where it was a little less audible or a little less like you couldn't quite tell what the word was like we we need to bring out we'd spot check even words that were in the track wow (laughs) that's not totally unusual for me it's not like we do that yeah i think that's i but i think within the subject matter that that's wild yeah it was tough it was well, it's harder. I think harder for him than me. I was, I was living yeah. with the songs. Like he was, you know. Yeah, because you'd made the songs, and, and that was your, that was the process of working yeah, through it. Yeah, yeah. When Chester passed away, the um, and what happens often when somebody passes away is people, you know, when they're not talking about the heavy stuff, they're kind of like, like playfully throwing around ghost stories Hmm. it's a weird phenomenon and it's because some people you know actually firmly believe in that stuff yeah and and other and in other parts it's just great stories you know Hmm. how do you sit on that so i don't sit on one side or the other i actually am just i just love hearing the stories Hmm. and i'm neither a believer nor non-believer i'm just kind of in the middle and um and I've heard amazing stories that are a hundred percent convincing. Yeah. They sound so so amazing. Um, you know, uh, like there's you know talking to a, somebody talking to a medium, and the medium tells them that you are looking for something, aren't you? You're looking for this specific item. It looks like this. Is that correct? And they go, Oh my God, yeah. Mm. And then and they said you've looked for it for weeks and you can't find it. And they said that's right. And they say, it is in this closet in a pair of pants hanging out of the pocket just like that. Hmm. And they go in there and it's there. So that type of thing, you hear that story and you're like, wow, that couldn't be more convincing, right? Um, I could direct you to a book I just finished as well, <laughs> yeah, which is, but that's another thing. We'll so, so the point is, yeah. I heard stories like that. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to write a song about, I would have this song going and it, and it kind of started to point in that direction. It just seemed like it wanted to be about that. But yeah. I was like, well, how do I write a song about something that I, I'm not really, uh, that I do and don't believe in, that other people feel a certain way? How do I make it that without it being about Chester? Hmm. How do I do that with it being playful and not sad? Yeah. So, like, it was, uh, when I was, yeah. as I was doing it, I was like, this is going to fall apart. Like, this song is not going to work. And then I finished it and I went, oh my God, it like actually came together. It has that tone. Like all those things I just said, they're kind of just in the song. So it's not like, it's not a masterpiece of a song. It's just like, I can't believe I walked that tightrope and got to the end and looked back and went like, huh, and fall off. Yeah. There's one lyric. (laughs) There's one lyric in that song in particular that jumped out for me though. What is that? Which was the, um, I've been having dreams that after I'm awake play out in reality um, the very next day. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, I mean... So the first line of the song is, she said... Ah, okay. Yeah. That's a get-out clause. It is. It is, but that's the truth. It was, the thing was, people were, specifically a couple people, Hmm. were telling me these stories, and then, and they would, like, you know, in that case, um, 
my wife had this thing where she she had a dream about lavender and then that day she was walking through um her our friend's yard to go say hi and whatever and they have lavender in the front yard she's oh i just dreamed about this it's like smells so good and her friend was like um we'll grab a little bit of it like to, you know we've got tons like take some with you mm. and so she said take a couple i think she said take a couple stalks with you and normally my wife when you say that she would take two but she took four and she like got in the car and put it in the, the like cup holder and was like that's weird why did i do that and then drove down to see chester's wife to linda cuz they had a they had planned to have lunch or something that day and in and long story short in the course of the whole thing um Another person showed up, and as Anna was leaving, she's like, oh, I grabbed this from my friend's house um, this morning. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why I grabbed it, but there's four of us, and there's four pieces. Mm. And she handed it to everybody, and one of the people was sitting there staring at her with a, with a white face. And she's like, why are you looking at me like that? And he's like, because I had a dream that this was going to happen. And I didn't realize it until you just did that. And this is what it said in my dream. It's like the whole thing, right? Mm. So that was one of those moments where she came home and she's like, this just happened. How crazy is that? Mm. You know? I find those things happen a lot. And the more you accept them, they happen even more. <laughs> okay. But that sounds very uh, woo-woo and hokey. But Hey, my, and my wife says woo-woo. That's her word for it. There you go. It's very woo-woo. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It always happens to somebody else. Well, does it though? None for me. Uh, yeah, but maybe I don't know, man. I find that making art, visual art, or making music is is, you know, there's a thing there. Yeah, there's definitely a thing. All right, we'll we'll see. Do you not do you not find that yourself? Do you not find that it's like we were saying earlier about time being an elastic thing? Oh when yeah. When you're in the creative process, time changes. It does, and I and I do feel sometimes that things. Um, like we, I often talk about riding the wave, meaning it's not going with the flow. That's different. Going with the flow is being easy. Yeah. And like somebody says, Hey, you know, where do you want to go to lunch? And you're like, I don't care. And they, they you say, you pick that's go with the flow. Riding the wave is noticing coincidence, noticing rep- repetitions of ideas or phrases or feelings or whatever and you go huh like that's weird i i feel like i've heard that word four times to like this week or like somebody keeps mentioning that Mm. that thing i should go like maybe i should look that up or maybe i should do you know i think i did actually write some of the songs on this record because it was like a, a theme came up in conversation three times and i was like that's not you know, there's a reason that weird little theme is showing up. I'm just going to write a song about it. Yeah. No. How have you yeah, been sure. with the reaction to the record? Because as you said, you know, you, this was you working through the song, working yeah. through it in song. And and I think that's what we discussed when when I spoke to you after the concert. Yeah. It was For me, I was just like so overwhelmed. And, and you guys had been working on it and... Oh yeah, I mean that's why on the on the record on the second song on my album is the, I wrote the first wrote and recorded the first verse the day of that show and I wrote and recorded the wow. second verse the day after that show and and it is about you know 
the song's called Over Again. Like it's yeah. all about reliving this thing that has happened, you know, every time we rehearsed a song. Like we had to rehearse those that set. It's three hours of music. We had to rehearse it for months. Yeah. You know, it was like a, over a month, maybe it was like six weeks of rehearsals, like going through those songs and just like smashing ourselves over the head with a hammer and then taking an Advil and smashing ourselves over the head with a hammer again. Yeah. It's like, that was like what, what rehearsal was like. Yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> so tough. I it think so there's, crazy. there's a couple of min- like moments on there. The thank you genius. You think it'll be a challenge. Later. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's amazing. I was really, there are moments when I write something and I go, oh, that's it. Like, that's exactly, that's like the core of what this, either what I'm feeling or what this song is about. And I feel like I was really, I was really finding those moments as I was making the record. Like, okay, that line, the fact that it was like, I, I know that nobody who's opening up the, you know, who's listening to the album and getting started on that, down the path of like, what, what is this record about? nobody's thinking about my career that's i'm thinking about that they're they're not thinking about that but i'm thinking about it from the context of like i am an artist who has a body of work Hmm. like in a like a a legacy in terms of multiple albums of songs that i've spent thousands of hours yeah you know creating and talking about and playing on stage and maybe millions i don't know how many hours i got how many hours are in 15 years i don't know um and it's all in question yeah. Right. To in one way or another. So the, when somebody you know, walks up to you and says, how's it going? How are you doing? Mm. Like, that's a loaded question. That's a heb- That's a crazy, you don't, they probably don't want to hear the real answer. Yeah. Right. So the album was a chance to like give them answers. That, I like it when people do realize that and do actually tell you exactly though. Yeah. Because it's, it's very real. It's, that's a, it's a it's it's feel it feels um i think it feels good to like be aware of that like when somebody says how are you doing mm. and you can like actually think about it and answer um but it's also kind of exhausting you yeah. know because then you have to get into it but i it also like i i for sure on this with this album i've been making a point to be really um straightforward about that and um i think it I don't think you can't, you, you couldn't be. Well, I, because I think it's good for, it helps me. Like it feels good to do it. Yeah. And it also helps the fans and helps people who are going through heavy stuff. Like to know that it's me too. Like I'm, that I'm going through this thing and it's, I'm doing pretty well. Like I feel yeah. today is like a good day. Yeah. You know, when we talk about this stuff and it's not, you know, I don't find it hard to talk about this stuff. No. Right now. It's like very natural. So, yeah. Yeah. I think everyone that's sitting in front of you asking about stuff is the the ones that are feeling it. I know I am. (laughs) In all honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Other there's, I mean, I've had a couple that they were like, I had a, I had a Japanese journalist cry in the middle of the interview. Wow. Like that's crazy. That's really hard. Yeah. You know? Um, How do you deal with that? Thankfully, it was print. <laughs> it wasn't like like TV, like on camera. That would be so bad. Wow. Um, the more history the band has with somebody, you know, yeah. and all that, it's like very, 
natural and human and that's mm. you know of yeah course. because i think the thing is it's like those periods of time between like the periods of time between when i see you yeah are vast yeah but they concertina don't they time does that i mean that's i mean that's one of the beautiful things about the creative process that time just it becomes so elastic it is yeah but um we could get into that another time but <laughs> i think we gotta wind this up yeah yeah i think we have to go all right thanks man awesome talking to you as always cool thank you for doing that for sure am i gonna see you later yes Thank you for checking out episode number 25 of Someone Who Isn't Me. Also, thank you to Mike, obviously, for for squeezing this into his schedule, essentially, because, as I said, we were going to be meeting, and we did actually meet up, and we did an interview for Radio 1 for my show, but... Um, we kind of squeezed this one in in the morning as well, which was really good of him. Make sure you check out the album Post Traumatic. It's awesome. Um, as I said, there's some brilliant guest contributions as well. Uh, you can find Mike online. He's uh, Mike Shinoda on Twitter and M underscore Shinoda on Instagram as well. Follow him on Instagram. It's just, like good stuff about his touring, also a lot of his visual art and some of the videos that he's made as well for this record. And um. I think the approach that he's had to this record is brilliant. It feels very organic and I like the fact that it's got um that he's doing everything within it. He's writing the songs, he's performing the songs, he's making the artwork with his friend Frank as well who's doing all the graphic design. Big ups to him as well because he's a great designer. He's making the videos himself. I think it's um it's a very true process of dealing with something which is incredibly heavy and he's excelled in doing it so fair play to him all right next episode will be who knows i have got one in the bag which i've kind of been putting off but um there's a couple of others that i want to get done as well so we'll just see what happens with it i know that these are very infrequent i apologize as i said uh, many times before i'd like to think that it might be quality over quantity that's not casting aspersions on anyone else's podcast because they seem to manage to do both but um i don't so sorry about that but thank you for checking it out please leave a nice review on itunes if you give us a five star rating that would be wicked spread the love tell your friends about it Check it out next time. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.